Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back. So before we get to today's episode, I want to just remind you that my brand new program, Phoenix Rising, is starting next week. And I'm really excited because we have a really great cohort already signed up. We have a few spots left. I would love for you to join us. If you're going through divorce and you feel like you need all the support that you can get from me and a collective of gorgeous and amazing other women going through the same or similar circumstances, then Phoenix Rising is perfect for you. It's a group coaching program. All of the information about it, you can find on my website, kateanthony.com slash decided. All the information you need is going to be there. Also check your inbox because I did, I've been sending uh, a bunch of emails about this lately. And one of them has a video in the email that explains when the calls are and how it works. Um, Cause there's been some question and confusion about that. So check your email for that video. If you're in my Facebook group, I also posted it in there. So that's that Phoenix rising starting next week. Join us. Okay, so today, today's episode, I have today with me Lori James. She is a return guest. She is a mother, caregiver, divorcee turned author and a somatic relationship coach. Uh, Lori came on the podcast a couple of years ago to talk about her book, Sandwiched, a memoir of holding on and letting go, which is about her journey from loneliness to finding belonging during a time when she was raising four teenage daughters, her mother had a heart attack, and her marriage began to crumble all at the same time. (laughs) Um, Today, we are talking about this somatic relationship coaching that she has started doing She helps her clients connect to their bodies and their nervous systems so they can work through their unresolved past and find more freedom and love in all of their relationships. And we really, this somatic work has become so talked about lately. We always talk about um, somatic work because we're really learning that trauma lives in our bodies and that all the talk therapy in the world really can't help us through it if we're not doing some form of somatic work as well. And so, I think it's really important to have this conversation about like, what is somatic work? Like, what does that actually mean? And so I called in Lori James for a conversation about it. And here it is. Lori, welcome back. I'm so happy to talk to you again and have you back on the show. Yes. Well, Kate, thank you so much for having me and congratulations on your book. I'm have it here. And I'm so excited for all of your listeners and people out there that will benefit from it. That's huge. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. You know, last time you were on the show, we talked about, you know, you going through your divorce while also going through starting to care for your aging parents and all, you know, your, your memoir sandwiched, right? I mean, just so much. And, but since then you have been working as a coach and Mm -hmm. you added a really important tool to your toolbox of um, somatic experiencing. Can you sort of talk, you know, I think that as, as trauma has become so much more understood Mm -hmm. and we've really been kind of, um, you know, talking about it more and more somatic experiencing somatic, like somatic work in general has somatic healing. Yeah. Somatic healing has really started to rise to the fore, but I think a lot of people may not know what it is. So yeah, so start there. Lovely. What I'd love to do is just maybe share a story first. Love to. Because I think that Mm -hmm. that will help. And then I can dive into the somatic piece because my story directly relates to the somatic piece. So just a real short recap. When I was on last a little over two years ago, we were promoting my book, Sandwiched, which was Mm -hmm. a memoir of holding on and letting go, which was about a time in my life when I was sandwiched between raising my four kids Uh, My mother fell ill and I needed to oversee her care and my marriage was falling apart. So I was part of that sandwich generation Mm -hmm. and I lost myself through that process. And so I did end up getting a divorce a year and a half after my divorce. I was coaching. I was saying yes to everything to my friends. I was traveling. I was writing at that point, I was writing my book. I was doing some coaching. And I remember talking with a friend. I was on a walk with a friend and she says, how are you doing? I said, you know what? Everything is really great and I'm super happy, but I'm stressed. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Right. And it was a different type of stress. I'm a little stressed, but everything's fine. (laughs) But everything's fine. Two weeks after that, my divorce had finalized. So I I finally got my papers stamped. I closed escrow on my house all within the same week. And then two days later, I ended up in the hospital. I had vertigo. Oh, mm-hmm. I ended up having this. I stayed in the hospital for four days. I ended up having what what they called an unnamed unnamed virus with what's called migrating arthritis. I had all these weird symptoms. I had back pain. My knee was swelling up, and then it would migrate to a different part of my body. I left the hospital after four days with a walker, and I looked six months pregnant because they kept giving me different medications, and they were chasing my symptoms. Yeah. And I said, I need to get out of this hospital because I was afraid they were going to kill me with all the drugs they were giving me because I'm a super active person. I walk my dog, you know, like I walk three miles a day. I hike, I ski, I bike. Like this was not me at all. And what I equated it to was the stress, the stress of raising my four kids, the stress of my divorce, the stress of taking care of my parents that had all accumulated in my body and my body absolutely said 
Too much. Too much. Enough. I'm shutting you down. That's right. It took me six months to recover. And during that time, I wasn't in therapy and I wasn't working with a coach. And this is important. This is important. (laughs) Because that was the mistake I made. I had been with a therapist, which was a couple therapist. And so I obviously didn't want to continue with her. And I hadn't made the time or the effort to find a therapist or a coach to work with through my divorce. And uh, that was a mistake I made. So one of the first things that I did after I was well enough to drive myself and get myself and do things for myself, because literally my friends had to be with me for 24-7 for two weeks. That's how bad I was. Wow. I couldn't cook. I couldn't clean. I ended up back in the hospital a second time. Two weeks later, and then I slowly started to recover. But so what I did is I I have a bunch of therapist friends, and one of my therapist fr- friends said, you need to go see this therapist. He has a mind-body approach. Mm-hmm. He was a somatic. He had been trained in somatic experiencing as well as other modalities, and that was life-changing for me. I had a lot of trauma stored up from a very difficult marriage, a very difficult divorce, not as bad as some, but a lot harder than others. Sure. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't doing what I needed to take care of myself. So he started working with me very, very slowly, releasing some of that trauma in a very gentle, safe way. And that was really life-changing for me. I, after working with him for about a year, I felt better than I had in years. And so he encouraged me as well as I had expressed interest in going through this training, somatic experience training on my own. Mm -hmm. And so he encouraged me, wrote me a letter of recommendation. It's one of the better programs out there. It was developed by a guy named Peter Levine. He was one of the founders it is so helpful. It was so helpful to me and I find it, my clients find it really helpful too. So for those of you who don't know what somatic experiencing is or somatic healing, soma means body in Greek. And somatic experiencing is a very body oriented therapeutic approach. And it falls in the spectrum of mind-body therapies, but it's really, you know, there's talk therapy and -hmm. then there's body therapy. And body therapy is the bottom-up approach. And as we know from the work of Basil uh, Vanderkalk, right, that Mm -hmm. the body, the trauma lives in our body. Yeah. Trauma does not live in our brain, in our minds. Talk therapy will not get us through trauma. Right. Even if you had been in therapy throughout all of that, maybe you yeah. would have you would have had some releases, but it would not have addressed the trauma that was living in your body at the time to- as it was as it was happening, which is why it's so important. Mm-hmm. It it is so so important. So the somatic healing it resol- it can help resolve stress. It can help resolve shock, and as we just discussed, it can help resolve trauma that has accumulated in our nervous system, but, Mm -hmm. you know, and so intertwining it with coaching, 
because I work with people that women in midlife and beyond mm-hmm. at this point um, that are ranging from divorce or just trying to recreate a new life for themselves, even if they are married. But we don't get to midlife without some type of trauma in our life. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? If we could. Ah, yeah. Oh, my God. It's just no, not right? possible. It is not possible. Well, and I think it's also imp- it's important to, to identify the difference between big T trauma and small T trauma. Yeah. Right? Because not all trauma is big T trauma, which is what we sort of think of as a really big cascading traumatic event, like a rape, an assault, a car crash, a sudden death, right? But small T trauma is, well, I'll let you. No, it's, but you're right. And that's a really great point because even small T trauma can build up in our bodies and in our nervous system. So it doesn't matter if it's a startle, if it's (sighs) a car accident, even like a fender bender that you know, you get startled and and yeah. let's say a red truck ran into you or sideswiped you. Every time you see a red truck, you're going to, if you don't, if you're not aware, your body's going to respond mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, That's right. and you're going to tense up until you bring awareness around it and maybe work with somebody either on your own or work with somebody to work through that. Right. And And this is also, you know, childhood neglect, abandonment, like all of the things that, you know, there are so many things that are not, that are categorized under small T trauma that, like you said, you don't get to midlife without having experienced at least some of it. it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. If for the people that are listening, who are either thinking about going, getting a divorce, you know, they're deciding whether they should stay or should they go. Mm-hmm. they're deciding that for a reason because something is not right. So there, you know, we have trauma in a marriage when our emotional needs aren't getting met. Right. That's trauma. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some of us, yeah, some of us have that more <laughs> than others. Yeah. But And, and here's the mm-hmm. thing. Some people can tolerate more than others. Some mm. people that little T trauma, they can work through that and, on their own and it's not going to affect them as much. Mm-hmm. And then other people, it affects them in a bigger way. Mm-hmm. But part of it is, is also what happens is if we get too much stuck in our nervous system, we get stuck in fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And so when I think about my marriage, I was in therapy for five and a half years before I left my marriage. I was in freeze. Yep. Same. Absolutely. Yep. Right. Hundred percent. That's right. And you know, analysis paralysis, by the way, yeah. is you know can be a sign of trauma, right? That we are in freeze. Yeah. That like we actually can't move past it. We can't find yeah. our way past it because we're stuck in the trauma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so how does somatic experiencing? How does that work? When you say that, like, you worked with this guy and he, it was life changing. Like, what is what does that mean when we say we do somatic processing? It's in the body. Like, what does that mean to people who don't know? Yeah. So I'll give you an example of me. After I went through this illness, I would go in and I was unhappy. I I was not in a good place. And let's say, let's just use my book for an example. And I went in and I would be upset because 
I had, I took everything off my plate mm-hmm. except for my health. I was moving into my house. So I took everything else off my plate except for my health and my house. I was berating myself. And so I would go into my therapist and I would be like, I'm, I'm mad at myself or I'm upset or I'm sad or whatever it is because I can't write my book right now. I can't finish it. And he would stop me and he would say, I want you and your listeners, if they want to sit down, they can think of a a thought that they have. What, when you say that, what do you notice in your body? And as I say that to myself, I'm noticing, which is what I have. I have a lot of tingling in my body. I have a lot of tingling in my extremities and my hands and my arms and my legs. That's just a normal part of what I feel when I go into my body. I notice my heart rate, my heart beating. And so when we go into our body, we can just notice what's happening and we get out of our head and that fight, flight, or freeze response that we might be stuck in or that triggering experience that we might be feeling, we can just sit with it. And if we sit with it and just notice how it changes, that helps to release it. And it helps Mm -hmm. to release it in a very gentle way in what we call the window of tolerance. So we're not completely re-experiencing or reliving the entire trauma or Mm -hmm, the entire mm -hmm. story. And we stop very early on into the story and let them process that. And then we might Mm -hmm. let, and then he would let me go on. And then he would say, okay, then what happened? Right. And then he might stop me. Okay. Now notice what's going on in your body. And when we can really slow it down, we get in touch with our bodies, but we also learn to regulate our nervous systems. Mm. And that just by being present to what, right? Because I think a lot of trauma, most trauma, really, probably all forces us out of ourselves, right? Because, you know, when we're in fight, flight, or freeze, we are actually, right? The amygdala is coming online. The part of our brain that's responsible for you know protecting us and it shut mm-hmm. it shuts everything else down right right so it's like danger this is right. dangerous danger we're not thinking we're not using our prefrontal cortex it actually shuts down while the protective part of our brain goes okay there's danger freeze don't move there's a bear in the woods whatever it is right and the way out the only way out of that is by sort of consciously reconnecting with, okay, I'm here, I'm safe, yeah, right? I feel this, I feel that, right? We're reconnecting with with the parts of us that our brain that has kind of had to shut down, right? And feeling that in our body, that amygdala response, that fight, flight, or freeze can then complete Mm -hmm. if we stay with it. And then that is going to release it. So that way- we don't store it. It doesn't say stored in our nervous system. And that's something that our society has not been taught. I was never taught that. Most people are were never taught that. Yeah. And it's, ve- it's pretty new information because, I mean, really, like the Body Keeps the Score was written, what, in was it in the 90s? 
Yeah, I want to say that. Yeah, I feel like it was right. I have so it on like, my shelf too. Yeah, it's over there somewhere. And so, yeah, that's what we're. That's like that's it's recent. This is new stuff. Well, it and I got first introduced to Peter Levine about ten years mm-hmm. ago when I took an energy course before I left my marriage. You know, when I was still kind of thinking about it. So that was the first time I was introduced to him. So, and and he's actually been doing this since the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's been around, but I think what's happening is it's becoming more mainstream now. And mm-hmm. it's becoming a tool that people can use and people are finding it very effective. I mean, absolutely. And I do think it's, you know, now that we're dealing, we're really in this incredible information age for yeah. for all that that you know, all the, all the negatives that that has, right. I mean, it really is giving us so much more access to understanding what's going on. I mean, our, you know, we are, we're talking about trauma in a way that we never did. No, We are talking about divorce in ways that we never did. We're talking about abuse. We're talking about all of these things, you know, gaslighting was the word of the year last year. It's amazing. There's a reason that, that these things are, are now really coming to the surface. So I think that this, you know, the somatic work, I will say that in my practice, you know, I've certainly come across some clients that I've had to sort of put a pause on and say, I mm-hmm. need you to go and work with a somatic therapist because you, you're you you're not going to get anywhere Yeah, because you're in this free state and I can't coach you out of it. This is not yeah. my area of expertise. You need somatic healing before we can actually work on an action right. plan, right? And and. What great awareness that you have, you know, to be able to do that. I mean, a good coach is going to do that and and help their clients get the resources they need so that way they can attain what they're trying to through this process. And now a word from our sponsor, Primus Bank. So listen, you guys, when you get divorced, you know you're going to have to open a new bank account. I strongly recommend that you open an account at an institution that is separate from your ex or soon-to-be ex. And I highly recommend Primus Bank just for this. So Primus means first, and this bank is the first of its kind. So a lot of banks will say they have no fees or they're free, but there's some sort of condition or hoop to jump through. Not with Primus. When you have a Primus Perks checking account, you're going to earn 50 cents back on every single purchase that you make on your debit card, literally every single purchase. So a lot of banks collect interchange fees from merchants when you use your debit card. But Primus is the first bank that I've ever heard of that wants to give those perks back to you to the tune of 50 cents per purchase. So if you buy gas, 50 cents back. Buy a cup of coffee, 50 cents back. Buy Pay a bill with your debit card online, 50 cents back. Plus, as I said, this account is free. There are no minimums, no conditions, no overdraft fees, no account fees, literally no shenanigans. You just need a dollar to open the account. There are other perks too. There's free ATM use nationwide, and you can even get a free pack of checks. They are member FDIC, which means that they are FDIC insured, so you don't have to worry about the safety of your money. And if you like talking to a real human as I very much do, there is a 24-7 call center. It is not farmed out. It is real people in Virginia that work for this bank. So 
Premise has created a hub on their site dedicated to people going through a financial change because of breakup, divorce, or separation. So if you visit premisebank.com slash DSG, you'll find everything you need to know. They will break down the steps on how to get started navigating your new financial picture. And they even have resources and articles on how to protect your credit score during divorce and other things like that. So head on over to premisebank.com slash DSG for terms and conditions. Again, that's premisebank.com, P-R-I-M-I-S bank.com slash DSG. And now back to our show. Okay, so what are some other ways? Like there, there's, you know, the 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 grounding in, you know, what are you feeling right now? What are you feeling in your body? Where do you feel that in your body? What are some other ways that people can get in touch with their own bodies or nervous systems um, and learning learn to regulate themselves? Yeah. So great question. And I think it th- there's a couple different things that I th- can suggest for people for your listeners to be able to use in real time um, that can be beneficial. And first, you know, because when anybody's contemplating divorce or going through a divorce, there's so many emotions going on. So many, absolutely. And first, take the time to identify what somebody, what you're experiencing, what you're feeling in any particular moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's and that's a so, practice, right? That is. is a practice. There's the feelings wheel, which is a great tool for that, right? Mm-hmm. That like when you start to feel overwhelmed, you start to have a feeling, you're like, I don't know what that is. There's a, there's yeah. a feeling, if you Google feelings wheel, you'll, you'll find it, or maybe we'll drop one in the, in the show notes that is a really great tool, right? Yeah. To be able to go, oh, right. It's, Panic, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, it, exactly. But except, and let's take an example. It's like, um, it, it because the thing is, we we want to identify our emotions. We want to identify what's underneath those emotions. Yes. Also, mm-hmm. so maybe we can. If somebody says, "Wow, I'm feeling really anxious right now," I just had a you know really crappy conversation with my husband, and I'm just feeling really anxious. Why do you feel anxious? Is it because you don't feel safe in this moment? Is it because you're afraid of where this conversation is leading? You know, what what is it that you're anxious about? So I think that that's really key is getting underneath that initial emotion of, okay, I'm feeling X, I'm feeling sad. Uh, whatever it is, to really dig underneath that. Mm-hmm. So, and then next, respond to yourself with kindness. Mm, so important. Right? Right. Because the first thing we do is we go, oh, I'm feeling anxious. What am I anxious about? I'm anxious about whatever it is. And you're like, oh, you're such an idiot, right? Like, what? right. Well, why do you need to be anxious about that? Or that's so stupid. Or like, right? right? Like, like, the roommate. That's so- not helpful. <laughs> so not helpful. And so the roommate in your head, mm-hmm. like if if she's a bitch, kick her out. That's right. Right. She needs to be evicted because this is your home. 
This is this is your home and invite somebody who's kind and loving. And and I did that to myself through my divorce. I'm like, why can't I handle all this? Why can I not handle raising four daughters, taking care of my elderly parents and going through a divorce? Like, yeah, right. When I look back on that, I'm like, oh my God, I was so. It's insane, right? I mean, the thinking is insane when you look back on it. I'm like, you're such a wimp. Right. Because we're women and we're supposed to be able to handle all of these things. Right. Unbelievable. Yes. And, you know, about that roommate in your head, you know, my my I have in my book, I mean, that's just like shamelessly plug my book. But, you know, in my book, we have in the first in the first part of the book is really all about this and working with that inner critic so that you can kick it out or at least give it a timeout because now is not the time. No. It's not the time. No, it's not. If anything, you, yeah, you need to have the most self-compassion and self-care. You need to have the best regimen when it comes to that. And Absolutely. because what if you don't, you're going to end up in the hospital like I did. That's right. I mean, and it's so, and you, you know, that. we talk about self-care and I think it's become such a buzzword and, oh, you know, we talk about, and I think, well, I've, I'm off two minds. First of all, it's becoming a buzzword, but also I think that we're starting to talk about it more properly and we're yeah. starting to look at it from a systemic perspective, right? Actually, what would really help me is if I wasn't living in poverty and, you know, and being abused by the system, right? Yeah. That, you know, that would be self-care. You know, going and getting a massage is not self-care when you are unable to 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 pull yourself up out of, you know, yeah. systemic um, issues. Um, and, the, you know, and, w- you know, women, generally speaking, right, it's like we really, really, really believe we abuse ourselves or the system has told us that we should be able to handle everything, that we should be super mom, you know, and if we can't, we're a failure. And then we end up in the hospital. I was never taught growing up to that, you know, to use support or, you know, to reach out to yeah. other people. Of course not. That's right. No, Our, that's you know, weakness. Yes, completely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So to reach out. And I think that was also reiterated in my marriage, too. Oh, of like, sure. Well, why can't you handle this? Right. Why mm-hmm. can't you handle this? I don't, I don't know. Why can't I handle this? Like, Why can't maybe I, handle I should it? be able to handle this? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then you handle it into the hospital. Right. Which adds to the trauma, which <laughs> adds to the stress. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, okay. So we're identifying feelings and then getting under the feelings and then yep. being nice, being And then gentle. we're being nice to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just like a little bit of a gen- gentle touch with ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also within that self-care, but it's what would nourish me right now? When we talk about the mm. self-care, it's what would nourish me right now? What would, if you're, if you're not feeling safe, what would help me feel safe right now? Right. If that's if that's what's underneath it, if it's sadness, how can I process these these sad emotions? Maybe you're starting to experience the grief of, you know, what could have been or or what should have been in your marriage, or mm-hmm. the anxiousness of, mm-hmm. um, and what's underneath the anxiousness. It's learning to give ourselves in that self care realm what it is that we need and not shaming ourselves for it. 
give yourself a break if you need to. So I'm going to give you an example when, and I've got some other things like go for a walk, um, do something that you love, go pet your dog, um, call a friend. And when I first started to practice this, I was going through mediation with my ex-husband and we met in person. This is all pre-COVID. We met in person with our mediator. I could feel myself getting worked up. Um, I felt tears coming up. And I told myself before I went into this meeting that I was going to take care of myself. So I said, excuse me, I'll be right back. And I went to the bathroom. I gave myself about 10 minutes. I collected myself, took some deep breaths, and then I went back into mediation and I finished it. And then, but the other thing that I did on top of that is I never met in mediation in person again, right? I only did it over the phone or via email because I knew that he was going to find ways to, to trigger yeah, me. That's right. Cause that's he right. knew how to do it. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. You know, and I want to highlight one of the things that you said, right? You, when you said you went to the bathroom, first of all, you excuse yourself, which is, and by the way, right? Perfect. It's a great um, example of like, no is a complete sentence, right? Yeah. Excuse me is a complete sentence. Yeah. Excuse me. I'll be right back is a complete sentence. You don't need to explain yourself, no. right? You're a grown ass woman. And if you need to leave the room, you leave the room. That's it, yeah. right? There does not need to be any explanation to that, which to no. some people is like, whoa, <laughs> totally yeah. mind blowing. And you went to the bathroom and here's what you didn't say. You didn't say, I went to the bathroom and I pulled myself together, which is what most of us would be inclined to do. You said mm -hmm. that you went to the bathroom, you gave yourself 10 minutes, and then you collected yourself. Yeah. Right? So you gave yourself the time and the space that you needed. You needed 10 minutes. It wasn't that you needed to stop crying. It was that you no. needed to cry. I needed to release it because that's the other thing. Like we needed to release it. Right. So yeah. that then you could continue. Right. And I just want to, yeah. I just want to like pause and highlight those things. Cause I think it's all really important to notice the words that you use and, and what, and what it was that you gave yourself. So yes. thank yeah, you. Thank beautiful. you for stopping and highlighting that because that, that is important mm -hmm. for your listeners when they're going through it. You know, that is, that's the self-care that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Not the manicure, not the massage. Yes, all those things are nice and all those things work, but it's the emotional self-care. That's right. And those things work for the time that you're there, Yeah, right? But the emotional self-care lasts a hell of a lot longer and it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Allowing myself in that bathroom, in that 10 minutes That's right. to cry and release, that again is completing a cycle, a fight, flight, or, you know, my... Flight response. I needed to leave. So I left. I gave myself my the time that I needed to process what I needed. And then I came back. That's right. And then you and then further I, took care of yourself by never putting yourself in that position again. Exactly. Boom. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So yeah. those are those are good practices to keep in mind as you're going through this process. Because yeah. it's not easy. It's not. It's it's not. And you know, one of the things that I will say, you know, 
Unfortunately, as you know, I talk about a lot, but the family law system doesn't care about your feelings and your emotions, right? And the, not only is this work important for you, mm-hmm. uh, for your own processing and your own healing, it's also really important for the strategy of your divorce yeah. process, especially if it's high conflict. If yeah. you're going through a high conflict divorce, having a place to release what needs to be released so that you can come out the other side and go, all right, now I'm focused. I got, you know, and now I can be strategic because you can't be strategic when that part of your brain is literally shut off. Right. Well, research shows that we don't make good, good decisions when we're stressed. That's right. That's right. That's right. And you're up against an adversary whose number one goal is to keep you stressed. Yes. Right? So you it, it, this the work that we have to do on processing this has to be 10 times stronger and more diligent yeah. at a time when you feel like you don't fucking have it in you. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's it's more important than ever. Yeah. But but allowing ourselves to cry or allowing ourselves to process those emotions and to just sit with them. I mean, I can mm-hmm. remember being on my couch and crying and just allowing myself to cry That's for right. 10, 20, half hour, whatever it is. Give yourself that permission. It hurts. Sometimes it really fucking hurts. But you have to process that because otherwise... You're going to, again, be walking with all that stored inside your nervous system, inside your body. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, for for those of you who are thinking about this and thinking about what it's like on the other side, that's the only way you're going to get to the other side and be better for it on the other side. That's, that's right. That's right. It's so, and I'm proof so, of so important. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as are your clients. I mean, this is... You know, someday I will add this to my toolbox, but I <laughs> I don't have time right yeah, now. You, you got a lot going you know? on, girl. But, you know, per, I think, you know, professional development in these areas is really, really important. But for, you know, until then, I will outsource and tell people yeah. to go get it, you know, elsewhere. Cannot be understated how important this process is. Are there any other, so any other uh, ideas that you have for people? You know, one of the things that I will often do on my own is if I have a stressful experience or I, most of that stuff's out of my life at this point and I've removed it, but you know, my dad finally passed away. I took care of my parents for 14 and a half years. My dad finally passed away last November. And so I had to deal with, I've got a brother that has addiction issues. So I had to deal with him. So let's take that for an example. So, and he's out of my life now, fortunately, because both my parents have passed, but I can remember dealing with him and like having a phone call where he's like telling me, you know, what a horrible person I was and how awful I was. And, you know, and mm-hmm. I stole money, whatever it was that, you so know, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. But, and so when I got off that a phone call like that, I would just go and I would lie on my bed and I, or sit on my couch and I would just, again, go tap into what's going on in my body? What am I feeling? That my heartbeat is accelerated because somebody is verbally attacking me and my amygdala is saying, danger, danger, danger. And so letting that 
process. That's what we need to do is when we get in a fight or flight or freeze, first we need to recognize it, but allowing that to complete, that is huge. Allowing it to complete. Even if you just go for a walk, sometimes if you go for a walk or exercise and you feel your adrenal glands up, if you just sit and just drop into your body and just like, okay, get try and get out of your head. What do I notice going on in my body? Mm -hmm. Just notice your heartbeat slowing down. I will get like little twitches. You know, I'll notice little twitches in my Mm. body and just noticing noticing the tingling or whatever it is. And this is hard. Not everybody, it took me a long time to get in touch with my body. Mm-hmm. So for yes. those of you who are like, because we live from our yep. neck up, most of That's us. That's right. That's right. So I don't, if you can't feel your body, I don't want to shame anybody, but just like, maybe just see if you can feel your heartbeat then. And just see if you can get in touch with your heartbeat or, you know, the sensation in your hands or your feet. I mean, that's just a great place to start. Yeah. And it's even, you know, doing grounding exercises, just like pushing your feet into the ground, like you're creating in that way, you're creating a sensation Um, or butterfly taps where you alternate um, just for, for audio. Um, What you're doing is you're crisscrossing your arms in front of you and alternating tapping, tapping, you're tapping your right shoulder with your left hand and your left shoulder with your right hand, and you're just alternating tapping, yeah. and that's connecting the two parts of the brain. The other thing you can do is hug yourself. You can literally give yourself a hug too. Mm-hmm. The crisscross is what's is yeah. what's important. But you know, these are ways that you if if you're not feeling your body, you create feeling that yeah. you can feel. I really want to also highlight something. I love the way you said this, Lori, because I've actually don't think I've ever heard it said this way. And I think it's actually, to me, it just, just makes so much sense that we are allowing a cycle to complete. Yeah. And I had never heard of it that way, put that yeah. way. And I never thought of it that way, that that's why in the moment right? After you get off the phone with your brother or you get out of the mediation or whatever it is to allow yourself to go lie down mm-hmm. um, or to sit for a minute and reconnect with yourself because that allows that trauma cycle yeah. to complete Yes, and you won't be carrying that. So Peter Levine, he, he wrote a book called Waking the Tiger, Healing mm-hmm. Trauma. Mm-hmm. And one of his famous things is, or his one of his early explorations was watching animals in the wild. Mm-hmm. So if you watch a, if you've ever, you know, everybody's watched Nat Geo, or mm-hmm. if you ever see a lion or a tiger or something attack, let's say a lion is attacking a gazelle, mm-hmm. and it's it's chasing the gazelle. Something happens, and the gazelle gets away or something distracts the lion and so the gazelle doesn't die. Okay. You see the gazelle lying down on the ground. It's in freeze mode. Right. Then it will start moving its eyes. Once it realizes it's safe, it will get up and it will shake. This is another technique yes. that you can do is shake. That's like sh- shaking. Mm-hmm. Shake your arms, shake your hands, shake your legs. And then they start orienting themselves and then they'll take off. 
Yes. Animals know how to complete this fight, flight, or freeze response. We as humans being domesticated and domesticated animals oftentimes don't know how to either, but that's the way they complete the cycle. So he observed that and then started bringing that into his therapy. So great. It's so great. When I was in dealing with some pretty intense post-divorce trauma, still related to my divorce, and <laughs> but my I had a, a somatic therapist that I was working with, and I was saying, I can't, you know, I want to work out, I want to like, ah, uh, you know, get this out, and I'm just, I, I don't, I'm in this free state, and I actually can't, like, I just can't exercise the way that I normally do. And she said, your body's protecting yourself because. Yeah. That level, the the rigorous, rigorous exercise that I was doing, like mm-hmm. really high impact, that's like creating trauma in your body. And sometimes yeah. that's like create and it and it's fine when you're doing it intentionally and all of that. But my I could not handle more trauma. My body was like, uh-uh, <laughs> we can't move that way. Yeah. All I wanted to do was yoga and walk. And that's yep. it, right? Because that is somatically soothing (laughs) as opposed to like, really it was, you know, what I was doing was sort of assaulting myself and I just didn't have the space to be assaulting myself. Yeah. And that's a really great point because during this difficult time in my life, five and a half years that I was in therapy. And then after when I left my marriage, I was the same way. I pretty much only stuck to yoga. And I probably started Mm -hmm. practicing yoga maybe 14, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. But that was my first introduction to calming my my nervous system, my autonomic nervous system. I was like, oh my God, this feels great. Like, right. This is really fucking hard. And and Uh I don't, you know, but there, I, I would walk out and I would have this sense of focus and a burst of energy. I was like, I don't know what this is, but I like it. And I kept going back. That was my first introduction. Mm -hmm. So yoga is a perfect example of connecting somatically to our bodies. And the Shavasana at the end is a great example of completing the cycle. Oh, yeah. Right? Because we get to just lie there Mm -hmm. in stillness and feel all that beautiful work that we did and the strengthening and stretching and the breathing, the breathing, all the oxygen we're bringing into our body. No, it's, it's, I mean, it really is amazing. I think everybody who's going through divorce should be doing yoga. Really? I mean, that should get you through it. Really get you through it. It was my lifesaver. I was Uh probably doing it two or three times a week at that time. Absolutely. Uh, Lori, I could talk about this with you all day. I think it's so fascinating and it's so important. And I love that you have added this to your toolkit. Where can people find you? So people can find me. The best way is at my website, Mm -hmm. laurieejames.com, L-A-U-R-I-E with an extra E in there. James. Mm-hmm. And I'm also on social media on Facebook, Lori James author, and then Lori.james on Instagram. I, I do offer courses around for those of you who are interested in dating and relationship, relationshiping differently. And I also have a podcast that you're going to be a guest on called Confessions of a Free Bird. And it's all about finding more freedom and joy in our lives and 
As I say, every relationship begins with us. I love it. Lori, thank you so much. It's so great to talk to you again. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. Great seeing you again too, Kate. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.